we present I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the programme of which it's been said that if all the good jokes were laid end-to-end, they would reach the end of my desk. <laughs> Here laid end-to-end are the two teams, Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Rushton. <laughs> and Graham Garden and Barry Cryer. <laughs> this week we're going to start with the first game, which is the one that's called Good News, Bad News. And... Uh, Someone whom I'm about to nominate will start with some good news, and then, as you all know by now, the next person gives us the bad news, and so on and so on. And when I think they've reached a witty conclusion, I will press my buzzer. Uh, we're going to start now with Graham Garden. Will you oh. give us some good news, please? Yes. Um, good news. I've just bought a metro. <laughs> bad news. It's full of Frenchmen. <laughs> good news. They're all stuffed in a boot. Bad news, that's why they call it the hatchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, well, right, Willie gets the marks that time, and we go on now with Tim. You start. Um, good news, we're having Barbara Cartland for dinner. <laughs> Bad news is the main course. <laughs> good news, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Suddenly. Bad news, she always was a bit of a nut. <laughs> Uh, good news, we're having Margaret Thatcher for afters. Bad news, I can't stand cabinet pudding. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Barry. It's you to start the next one. Rupert Murdoch's taken over the BBC. Good news. Oh, good news. Better, yeah. <laughs> Bad news, there'll be tits on Radio 3. <laughs> Good news, so what's new? <laughs> <laughs> Bad news, there'll be bums on Radio 4. <laughs> Good news, so what's new? <laughs> Bad news, Jimmy Young will still be on Radio 2. <laughs> Good news, though, he will be topless. <laughs> Bad news, only from the eyebrows upwards. <laughs> Good news. Good news. Um... Rupert's given Esther Ranson something to get her teeth into. A camel. <laughs> no? Bad news, a glass of water. <laughs> Good news, Rupert Murdoch will also be putting on the nine o'clock nudes. <laughs> Bad news, fronted by Patrick Moore. <laughs> Well, that means uh, two points to Tim and Willie and only one to Barry Cryer. And we go on to the point where I give uh, the team's advance warning of the late arrivals that they'll be introducing later on in the programme. And this week we'll be asking them for the late arrivals of the Hollywood Ball team. The Hollywood Ball. Oh, good. <laughs> right. 
Now, the next one is a thing called Censored Songs, the one that we've done before, and it's proved extremely popular from a great number of people who couldn't be here tonight. And uh, in this one, I'm going to ask each of you to sing a song, and during the song, it'll be your task to censor, by means of a buzzer, any words that you consider may outrage public decency or frighten the horses. Now, this time, teams, I want you both to censor a medley of nursery rhymes. Censor a medley of nursery rhymes, and we'll start with you as your... Uh, in the lead, Tim Brook Taylor. Three blind mice, see how they They all ran after the farmer's wife who cut off their with a car. You ever see the senior life as three mice? Take it away, Tim. <laughs> Son, a pig in a way <laughs> The grand old Duke of York, he had 10,000 men. He them up to the top of the hill, each them down again. And when they went up, they were up, up, up. And when they were down, they were down again. And when they were only halfway up, That medley gathered you no less than 13 marks. <laughs> and uh, we go over now for your medley, uh, Barry and Graham. Girls and boys come out to the moon, the shine as bright as day. Leave your supper and leave your sleep and your playfellows down the street. <laughs> Pussycat, where have you been? I've been up to London to look at the Queen. Pussycat, Pussycat, what did you there? I... Under her chair. Went to London riding on a pony, stuck a feather in his and called it macaroon. <laughs> where shall I wander? Upstairs, downstairs, in my lady's chamber. There I met an old man who wouldn't say his prayers. I took him by the and threw him down the Tell those of you listening at home that when Graham approached the words "Look at the Queen," four beef eaters took a pace forward, <laughs> but uh, they weren't needed. Luckily, <laughs> that uh, Barry and Graham scores you thirteen marks oh. Oh. and puts you ahead. And we now go on <laughs> to a round called "Famous First Words." I'd like you to give us team some first words that might have been said by some famous people. And who wants to start? Remember Barry, you want remember to start. Remember the audience. Tim does. Oh, Tim, you are I'll assume that they're all they're clever dicks, so the first words come at birth. And the first one is Mary Whitehouse, who says, How disgusting, I shouldn't be allowed to see something like this at my age. <laughs> <laughs> at a similar moment, Mrs. Thatcher screamed, No U-turns! <laughs> Magnus Magnuson cried, I've started, so I'll finish. <laughs> 
Larry Grayson on receiving his first doll. Seems like a nice toy. <laughs> Orson Welles uh, didn't speak until much later until he had his first meal when he said, Probably the best strained prunes in the world. Hercule <laughs> Poirot said, I know who did it. <laughs> <laughs> And Eddie Waring said, Ah, well, I'm for the early <laughs> Not a famous person, uh, but a famous remark by more than one person. The triplets born to the wife of P.C. Reg Garbutt to Penge emerged <laughs> saying, Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Cyril Smith, go on then, nurse, pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of that round, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to believe this, but both teams have 13 marks. And we go on. <laughs> we go on to that popular round, oh. the Adlib oh. poem. I'm going to give someone the first line of a poem, and they're going to continue with it until I buzz, which will sound like that. And the next person will continue, and uh, we go on from there until I believe that the poem has reached a fine and conclusive artistic end. And then uh, I'll award 13 marks to whoever deserves them. <laughs> and we're going to start with this line, and I'm going to ask you, Graham Garden, oh. to pick up on... My love is like a red, red nose. She glistens in the dark. My love is like a red, red nose. She glistens in the dark. Her ears light up and turn bright green. It really is a lark. <laughs> Last night, as I escorted her back homewards to her abode. I said, what have you in your flat? A revolving commode? <laughs> she said, how did you guess? I had... <laughs> uh, one made of pine. <laughs> she said, never mind. Let's go round together, you, my love of mine. And so we mounted the commode and span and span and span until the dawn crept o'er the trees. And there was a great big man. He said, and who are you, my lad, upon my wife's commode? At which the ladder broke and he fell into the road. <laughs> So my love and I continued spinning round and round. We laughed with glee and kicked our heels and made a joyful sound. <laughs> we paused for just a moment to consume a plate of mince and then we both got on again and been going round together ever since. <laughs> Right, here's a, an appropriate round. This one is called Backwards, and it's uh, the situation in which, before the programme, each of our panellists recorded a song. Now, out of consideration for our studio audience and those of you listening at home, we're now going to play the songs backwards. And uh, members of the other team have to guess what it is. And the first one who says it's a song sung backwards will get uh, docked ten points. <laughs> we're now going to start with Graham Garden. Oh, 
That was the same song backwards. Now, well known Swedish melody. Um, Johan Borg is one of them. My old man said, follow the band. And then reversed. Colin Sell is being consulted. Could you just one time little clue? What's, what it, what's it called? It's called... Ah! Nail. It begins with that. Nail. You're Say talking that. musically, or... Yes. <laughs> I don't think you're going to get it, are you? Begins with S and ends in falling in love. <laughs> now, I don't think... Um, no, we're not going to get it. I don't think you're going to get it. So, Graham, you'd better tell them what it is. It's falling in love with love. Right, Graham and Barry, that puts you so far in the lead in this round, but we now have a song sung backwards by Timbrook Taylor. I enjoy being a girl. That was Rolyat Ekob Mit singing. Very badly. So one mark for that. Very can, you tell, can you say what title it was? If you knew Susie, she could tell us, but we don't. We don't. <laughs> Any it's ideas? It's a comic song, a music hall song, wasn't it? No. Oh, <laughs> but very close. It is a song. <laughs> oh, you That's where you misled us, you see. <laughs> What'll I do? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's only fair that you should have a clue too, Tim. Can you give them a small clue? Yes. Thank you. I'll play. <laughs> anybody in the audience? Any? Should I play it to them the right way round? We better hear it the right way round and see. And we still on. won't know. If I invite a boy from it's now time to hear Barry's backward song. I'm not sure why it was a rear view of Walsy Matilda. It warmed up later. I've been down. Sounds very similar backwards. That's the clue. Any old iron? Ah. Ah. Someone in the audience knows what it is. Well, tell us. Yeah, let's open this one up for the audience. Lady over there? No. Oh, what a mouth, not yet. Oh, what a mouth. Ah, ah, you win the tattoo voucher, madam. We'll see if you're right, madam, in which case you'll leap into the lead. What a mouth, what a mouth, what a nose. Well, the cold was came in, just not telling him that he's all good, now that he's looking for the cellar, so he shot the lock right into his mouth, no joke. Now Jim Pussong's got a belly full of coal and he calls up lots of coke. Great love, 
Excellent. Okay, Willie Rushton, we're going to hear your song backwards, sir. I think you'll enjoy this, Alf. It'll reduce to <laughs> that was not uh, the soundtrack of a film on mating rhinoceroses. <laughs> Was Willie Did back. you know that rhinoceros horn is an aphrodisiac, Hum? The only trouble is it gives you a tendency to charge Land Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's worth a mark. Now then, Barry and Graham, to keep that mark, you've got to guess that too. The dentist's anthem. I saw you last night and got that gold feeling. <laughs> or I saw you last night and got that old feeling. It isn't that. No. no. And uh, you lose I the mark for having to explain the joke. <laughs> my life. Can we have a clue? Well, I, I think you'll we'll open this one up uh, to the audience, not with the greatest amount of confidence. <laughs> I think if anybody at home might know. <laughs> they could ring up. <laughs> they can't, they're recorded. <laughs> well, to find out if anybody either here or at home, no. let's hear it straight forward. Right, well, I think we'll pass that one to the audience. Does oh. anybody know what that tune was? <laughs> I told you uh, a couple of weeks ago that we were going to, each week to have a member of the team uh, contribute a game, and this time it's Barry Cryer. So, Barry, will you give us the rules of your game? Um, the, the rules of the game um, are, in fact, that we, we have a bit of tape from some famous speech or utterance by some famous person, and it just stops and we have to conclude it, or say the line that followed. So, if I may interpret that, <laughs> roughly speaking... <laughs> In English. Um, teams, you're, you're asked by Barry to provide the end line to some famous speeches that, as luck would have it, we do have here in the studio. It's what right? happened next, isn't it? Is that what it Indeed. Is? It's what happened next. Outro, outro. The old right. game, what happened next. What mm. happened next. That's right. Not his game And for the benefit no. of those of you hearing the speeches at home, with one exception, uh, I'll identify the speaker for you, just so that you will know who it is. And Willie Rushton, you're going to do the first one, and I'd like you to conclude this speech by Mr. Harold Macmillan. The wind of change is blowing through this continent. And whether we like it or not... <laughs> oh. oh, I never had it so bad. <laughs> <laughs> right, Willie? Barry, as, as this is your game, especially, we're not, and n nobody needs to have this voice identified for you. This is for you to finish, Barry. Almania earned point. <laughs> And yeah, it was, was Robert Maxwell, Humphire, identified. <laughs> okay. And if any of you at home didn't recognise that voice, send us a postcard. <laughs> here's, here's a speech, uh, uh, Tim, for you to finish. Uh, it's by the late Hugh Gaitskell. But there are some of us, I think many of us, who will not accept that this blow need be mortal. Who will not believe that such an end is inevitable. There are some of us, Mr. Chairman, who will fight 
and fight. And fight again. Repetition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll allow that. <laughs> or is that the wrong game? <laughs> and then we go back to Willie. And uh, Willie, here's a speech for you to conclude by Mr. Nixon. Eh bien, je suis... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know he was two-faced, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. Right, Graham, now here's a speech for you, for you to conclude by General de Gaulle. Eh bien, je suis le responsable suprême. C'est moi qui porte le destin du pays. Tous les soldats français doivent donc m'obéir. Et je crois qu'ils le feront parce que je les connais. Je les estime, je les aime. And perhaps some sauted potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's back to you, Willie. Here's a speech for you to conclude now, and the speaker is Richard Nixon. Oh. One other thing I probably should tell you, because if I don't, they'll probably be saying it's about me, too. We did get something, a gift, after the election. A man down in Texas heard Pat in the radio mention the fact that our two youngsters would like to have a dog. And believe it or not, the day before we left on this campaign trip, we got a message from the Union Station in Baltimore saying they had a package for us. We went down to get it. You know what it was? A rabid Doberman pincher. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Willie. Now, Barry, here's another one for you, and uh, this speech is uh, prefaced by a cloud of pipe smoke. It's by Harold Wilson. Tonight, we must face a new situation. First, what this means. From now on, the pound abroad is worth 14% or so less in terms of other currencies. That doesn't mean, of course, that the pound here in Britain, in your pocket or purse or in your bank, has been devalued. When you take it out, the trouble starts. <laughs> yeah, that's the well. wittiest one so far, I think, Barry. Oh, silver tongue. <laughs> Written into your rules. <laughs> the 30 marks going here. See, see whether you can get them, Tim, with this uh, speech here, which is once again by Richard Nixon. For the fact that alleged improper actions took place within the White House or within my campaign organization, the easiest course would be for me to blame those to whom I delegated the responsibility. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Now, that leaves you, Graham Garden, here, and a flash of teeth now, and a speech by Edward Heath. Tonight, as the campaign draws to its close, there is just one choice which should be in all your minds, one decision for you all to make. On BBC Two, another <laughs> chance to see the two Ronnies, while here on one, the magic roundabout. <laughs> well, Tim and Willie, at the end of that game, lead Barry and Graham by 13 marks, and we go on to our next game, which is a game called Wobbling Bunnies. It's a familiar party game to most of you listening, and let me tell you, t 
Oh, wait a minute. No, time's run out. We shan't have time for that one. So, <laughs> so we'll go on uh, to your late arrivals. And this is the point where I ask you to announce your late arrivals for the Hollywood Ball. Anybody want to start? <laughs> very helpful people who uh, run a film library. They're called the Lent Movies. And there's some fly Lent Movies. <laughs> and from Torquay, following on from... <laughs> Silent movies. From Torquay, Mr. and Mrs. Ruinous and their son, Will, known as Torquay's Will Ruinous. Very good. Social comment in there somewhere. Will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. To the Centre of the Earth and their daughter, Jenny, to the Centre of the Earth. I'm from Sweden. A helpful fellow, yes. Mr. and Mrs. He come home and their son, Lars, he come home. Oh, I thought it was going to be Bjorn Free. <laughs> my butler is here, Green, hence the film Huey Green is my valet. Oh. Mr. Scope and his naughty mother. <laughs> Cinema Scope. <laughs> oh, good old Jimmy Cagney with two friends, Luke Ma, Top of the World, and Hugh Dirty Rat. <laughs> Oh, it's time for the party piece. Frank Sinatra's going to sing a song, Fred Astaire's going to dance, and Christopher Lee's going to strangle a waiter. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Society, and, uh, oh, she's had too much to drink again, their daughter, the High Society. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, could you pass that plate again, Sam? Um, <laughs> I want to pass it over to Mae West and her frog. Kermit <laughs> and see me some. <laughs> Excellent, though. Yeah. Really excellent. For me. Well, I always like to end the show on a high spot. So carry on. <laughs> oh, here's an interesting young lady, Hum. She was named after Lawrence Olivia, Robert Newton, and John Travolta. Yes, it's the lovely Miss Lawrence, Robert John. <laughs> <laughs> and her anti climax. <laughs> With Rhoda to Morocco. There's Elephant Man. She was born in a trunk, you know. <laughs> Till next week, goodbye from all of us. Barry Cryer, Graham Garden, Tim Taylor and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme produced by Geoffrey Perkins.